This is Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so thrilled that you could take a few moments to join with us for a Bible study. I have in my hand here Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. This is a study of what is indeed the legacy of Ishmael, the first son of Abraham. Ishmael did not start the Arab world. He was not the father of all of the Arab nations. Now, we'll study that in this particular series. It's a five-hour series on Ishmael's Islamic invasion, and I tell you how Ishmael played a key role in the Islamic faith of today. Well, this five-hour CD audio series is available to you. I'll tell you how you can get your copy of it in just a moment. But right now, if you will, take a few moments and let's listen to an introduction to Ishmael's Islamic invasion. Uh, By the way, one of the things that caused him and motivated him, I'm, I'm thinking about Satan's motivation right now, Uh, in order for him to try to have his dominion over the world and all of mankind. And the the tools then he'll use to make that happen. Look back in chapter 1 of of, of Genesis, verse 28. Chapter 1, verse 28. The sixth day of creation, God creates all the creeping things upon the face of the earth. And then he allows Adam to name all of these animals that he has created. The fifth day, he creates the fish and the fowls. The sixth day, he creates all the rest of the animals. And then on the sixth day, he allows uh, Adam, by the way, if you want to see where that happens, look uh, look over in uh, chapter 2 first and verse 18, and God and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. Verse 19, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. You know how we get the names for our animals and birds and fish? Adam named them in the Garden of Eden before Eve was taken out of his body. Because it then says, after he found that there was not a helpmate in all the animals, all the created beings on the earth, God said, you don't have a helpmate there, do you? And he said, no, I don't want to hang around with a fish. These baboons are too ugly. I'm not interested. And that hippopotamus, her hips are too big. I'm not going to hang around with her. So God then reached into his rib, pulled a rib out of Adam and made woman, and women have been ribbing men ever since. But uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so he names them. But here's Lucifer. He is the prominent one. He's over all the creation. He's the most beautiful of everything. He's watching now Adam name all the animals. Back in chapter 1, verse 28, look what God says. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Now be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God is giving now Adam a special responsibility. And here's what he says. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God now gives one man dominion over all of creation. And Lucifer, the most beautiful of all of creation, in the prominent position in the Garden of Eden, looks at this event unfold, hears the command of God, to Adam to have dominion over everything. And he says, that's what I want. That's what I want. Why do you, I'm more beautiful than Adam? I am the prominent cherub. Why didn't he select me to have dominion over everything? 
That's when sin starts to enter in. That's when he says, I will, I will, I will, I will. That's when he's going to fall. And so at this point, he is motivated to have dominion. Now go to chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of, the tree, of every tree of the garden? And what he is now going to do, he's going to put himself in a position in his strategy, his methodology is going to be to take dominion. There are three things he's going to do. First of all, he is going to use confusion to try to get dominion over all of mankind. Back in chapter 2, God said to Adam, verse 17, but of every tree, verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, verse 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now that's as plain English as you can probably, or plain Hebrew, which would have been then, as you could probably speak. You can eat of any tree in the Garden of Eden, but you can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now he comes, and he's using confusion here in chapter 3, and he sets up Eve by saying, did God really say you couldn't eat of every tree? And he starts her thinking through this whole process and doubting what God had said. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of every tree and the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. By the way, he didn't say ye shall not touch it. Now she's already starting to slip in this confused state that she is by Satan coming to her and starting to confuse her. Look at verse 4. And the serpent said unto her, Oh, ye shall not surely die. You think you're going to die? You're in this beautiful place? God has just created you? Just because if you eat of the tree of that, the fruit of that tree over there? Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as God. Be. What did Lucifer want to do? Be equal with God. Here's that false theology being taught today, we will become equal with God. And so in order to do that, Adam and Eve, all you have to do is eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then you're as God. You'll be little gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, by the way, you know what the greatest temptation is? A lot of people think sex is the greatest tempter. You know what the greatest temptation is? Food. It looked good. (laughs) You dirty, rotten sinner. You place all this temptation in front of us here. Referring to Tom in his dining room. Taking us to the beach to watch the sunset and fill us up with quarter pounders. It's the greatest temptation. And that's what Satan is using. And that's what starts to happen. It looked, Look at verse 6 again. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and they did eat 
And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked. They did know good and evil. They didn't even realize they were naked until that time. You see, sex was not a temptation. Food was the temptation, the largest, the greatest, most powerful temptation. And they knew not that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. By the way, many people want to think that they ate of the apple. I think it was a fig. They, they were right there at the tree. They, I'm not being funny. I think it was a fig. What did Jesus do when he went down to the temple just before he was crucified? Curse the fig tree. You see, we're all discombobulated by some little Sunday school teacher who taught us it was an apple. Nothing wrong with apple. An apple day keeps the doctor away. A fig day. Keeps you on the move. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I slipped out. <laughs> but I can tell who it's true to. <laughs> Everybody laughing. Anyway, I do believe it was a fig tree. I really do believe it was a fig tree. And the tree of life, I believe, is an almond tree. And that's just side issues because... The first tree to blossom in Israel, the almond. And what was that uh, stick in the Ark of the Covenant? An almond that gave life. Anyway, just some side issues for you to think about. Here they partake of it. Satan's subtle strategy, his methodology, confusion. The second methodology... It doesn't work because in chapter 3, verse 15, what does God say? I will bruise your head, Satan. Oh, you'll bruise his heel, but I'll bruise your head. I'll bust your head right open. How are you going to do that, God? I'm going to bring forth a Messiah. Chapter 3, Genesis, verse 15, the first promise of a Messiah coming. Look what it says, chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the promise of a coming Messiah. And so you have sinned. And so you now are in sin. So you know good and evil. You're going to die. As I said, you're going to die. The day you partake of that, that was the first day of the end of your life. You're going to die because of that. That's why we die today. Because of what they did there. Through confusion. Now Satan has to go back and re-strategize. And so he starts re-strategizing. Man, I've got to have another way. There's going to be a Messiah come. What am I going to do? i got an idea. I will contaminate the blood of humankind so they don't have a pure Messiah. Thank you so very much for joining us for this Bible study. Ishmael's Islamic Invasion is a five-hour CD audio series available to you. This study will look at Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic Invasion, and Islam, the final solution. Those would be the five parts to this five-hour 
CD audio series, Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. If you'd like to have a copy of this, you can see how to purchase it by going to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. Go to our shopping mall, and there they'll show you how you can follow through and get your own personal copy. Or you can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. We have people standing by. They will take your order. Once again, that number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from all across America. Be sure to understand how Islam will play a key role in the end times. You must have your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Go and find out how you can get your copy either to the website or call the toll-free number. This is Jimmy DeYoung thanking you for joining us right now. Hey, everything we've talked about and even that introduction to Ishmael's Islamic invasion gives us evidence that the rapture of the church could take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...